1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Episode 5 of the Paddle and Fin Podcast. As always, I'm Brian, and alongside me is... Scott. And uh, we're here to talk fishing tonight. So we've both uh, been on some trips. Uh, we took an outing with our last guest, Jay Randall, uh, on my home lake. And uh, we got a little campfire tale at the end of this episode that you won't want to miss. Can't wait favorite part (laughs) that's uh that's an outing where i ran into a fellow kayaker and kind of had to uh help him out and it's always good to spoil it bro i won't i won't (laughs) i'll call myself so yeah right after last episode um we went out fishing with jay randall and that was quite an experience i think yeah you know um he brought his uh kusa fd yeah that he was talking about and um it was pretty impressive yeah i'd have to say so because it was uh it was pretty windy that day um very overcast we thought we were definitely going to get rained on yep i think it drizzled a little bit but it never never really rained but the wind in the overcast yeah the wind was like 12 or 15 miles an hour it was pretty pretty brisk yeah yeah i mean I struggled a little bit here and there, you know. Um, it was funny at one point. Jay's like, "Why are you standing?" 
you're just a big sail, you know, because I'm six four, you know. And he was kind of laughing at me, and I'm like, yeah, well, I'm going to keep standing because I'm. Uh, I was tossing up by the docks throwing a buzz bait, and what a heck of a day that was. Well, it was interesting because we started off, and um, I think you and me both had about two fish right out of the gate. Sure. And Jay was just, and he told me, he goes, what am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> and I go, <laughs> I was like, dude, you're going to be fine, you know? Yeah, right. And next thing you know, we went on like a four-fish terror. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. what he wound up doing was um, we had to go. There was, uh, uh, he had to hit the john, so we wound up heading downstream a little bit. Sure. And we came back and fished that northern flat, and we kept looking over, and you were, like, not moving <laughs> from where you were. And we're like, he's either, like... On a mission, or he's like killing him. Oh, I was killing him. I was killing him. I was throwing that black buzz bait again, and uh, I think I told you guys at one point. I, you, I think it was the night before. You, yeah, the night before, me and you went out, mm-hmm. and you fished that shore, and I fished the opposite shore yep. in this finger. And there's a boat along shore. What was it? Suzy Q. Suzy right? Q. Oh, the yeah. name on the boat was Suzy Q. And you were like, it was Suzy, like an old pontoon. Yeah. Boat. You were like, Suzy Q's holding the fish. <laughs> so I remembered that as I was floating down Sunday morning and uh, I saw Suzy Q. And it was actually, I think, the dock to the right of that. And uh, I threw up in tight towards shore along the dock. And. Uh, it was almost a 19-inch largemouth. Yeah, it was like huge. 18 and 7 eighths or mm-hmm. something, if I had to guess. Um, and then the very next cast, I threw behind the boat that was in that dock and caught a 17 and 3 quarter. Yeah. But I probably had, uh, it had been six or seven fish over 17 inches mm-hmm. that day. And it was all bass. Yeah, and it was all bass. But I did catch a bunch of northern, too. Mm-hmm. Um I think the biggest one I had that day was like 25 inches or something. You know, nothing huge, but they were all hitting buzzbait. Buzzbait right. was the only thing I threw that day. Yep. I take that back. I threw a chatterbait towards the end of the day because the buzzbait finally wore off. But, I mean, that was at like 11 o'clock. I mean, I was catching fish around the clock because of that overcast mm-hmm. and that chop that mm-hmm. was on the water, man. What a day. What a day. Well, uh, what was funny was the, the wind was blowing... Uh, north to south, right? It was out of the north, and it was almost perfect since we were in that north north channel. It would almost just, you'd paddle to the top, which would be a pain. Right. But then you'd just let the wind carry you down, oh, and yeah. you could throw as many casts as you wanted. Now, one thing I did notice, we've been talking about pedals and pro- propulsion and all that stuff. Um, one of the things I struggled with was the wind wasn't coming directly down the middle. Right. So I found myself getting cascaded into the the docks one way or the other sure i had the same issue as well but when i looked back and i saw jay in the foot drive kusa yeah captain fancy pants i know you're listening to this jay (laughs) what was so cool was he could go back and forth and adjust himself without even putting his rod down which i thought was sweet yeah and i think i mean we touched on that when we talked propulsion and pedal drives and all that stuff like that was the one thing that, you know, when I was looking around before I bought my Bonafide and I was considering a pedal kayak was, you know, that option to pedal backwards, yeah. you know, versus the Mirage Drive where you got to switch a cable mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But, yeah, I thought that was huge. I mean, Jay kind of kept on his points that he was trying to, you know, fish to without having to 
pull a paddle out actually he had his little hand paddle he said i was going to talk to you it. about that too he said he would use it every once in a while just to kind of get himself turned a little bit or something what did he like call that. that i forget i forget there's a name for it it's, it's a real short like a foot handle yeah right? it's like a it's got a little handle for your hand and then it's it's actually a little paddle. There's a name for it. I forget what it is off the top of my head. But he'd head. actually use it just to reposition yeah. the boat, yeah. just kind of yeah. tip Turn the front end bit. one way or yeah, the yeah. other and go. But, uh, yeah, it was a fun outing, man. I mean, uh, Jay's a super cool dude. Yeah, he was. I mean, he even was awesome. when we went to breakfast and we were sitting and chit-chat, yep. and, you know, fishing. It's a lot of know. fun. It's always fun talking to other fishermen, mm-hmm. you know, around a meal and whatnot. But, well, and then uh, we came up with a new rule. The guy with the most bass buys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was that guy. But I picked up the tab on my own free will. I didn't fight it. But, yeah. So, hey, Jay, next next outing, hopefully you catch the most bass. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it was super cool because I know I've, I had not met Jay personally until um, – that outing i know you had met him at uh, the demo day when you went mm-hmm. to you know demo the new canoe and whatnot but uh super cool guy super informative and you know he closed out that last show with that quote um about teaching and learning and things like that and uh he he definitely represents that he did and, he did uh, i picked up quite a bit yeah it was super cool i mean i didn't fish side by side with him as much as you did um but I mean, just from talking to him and and everything else, you know, I was so focused on them big, big bucket <laughs> mouths, you know. Like, what's he doing up there? Oh yeah, yeah. I could see you guys kind of like looking over, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going over there. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the fish. I'm staying right here. So another funny story was we, um, <clears throat> we were in that northern flat off that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, we we're both throwing chatters, and uh, I'm literally throwing, and I'm throwing off the front of my boat, and. Uh, as the lure came back, right at the front of my boat, a northern swiped at it, right on the surface. Oh, yeah. And I, I go to yell over to Jay, hey, a northern just swiped me right at the boat. And he yells over to me, hey, a northern just swiped at the front of my boat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the exact same time we had northern follows. Yeah. But that was so cool because, like I said, if I was in a regular boat, you'd never see that northern come that close. Ever. Yeah, I know he was itching to get to that south, southern end of the lake. <laughs> the deep you end. Know, because it, yeah. it holds some deeper water, which in return holds some deeper fish, or some bigger fish. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's all right. We got another outing planned we with do. him. And, we uh, do. We'll get that north end of the lake for sure. So, not to pivot, but... Um, you did some walleye fishing up in Green Bay this week, didn't you? I did. So tell us about it. I did. So uh, I mentioned Scotty before on my on the podcast here. A good friend of mine, Scott Purs, uh, fishes walleye tours or tournaments. You know, semi professionally. He's a retired gentleman, older guy. He's the best man at my wedding, mm-hmm. and uh, we've been friends a long time. And uh, you know. We're going to have him on an upcoming podcast talking about tournament fishing, but he actually used to run a charter boat on uh, Lake Michigan, uh, trolling for salmon, salmon, trout, uh, lake trout, things Mm -hmm. like that. So when he got rid of that boat, he got into the walleye fishing. He loves, loves eating walleye, and that all comes from... uh, uh, you know what? I'll let him share why he uh, 
catches fish and hunts and all that stuff uh, on the podcast. But anywho, um, so the trolling fishing from uh, salmon fishing had carried over into walleye fishing. So Scotty's been, you know, doing these walleye fishing tournaments for, if I had to guess, six, seven years, something like that. And I've always gone up pre-fishing with them in certain locations. Uh, we've taken several fishing trips together. So he's actually up on Green Bay, Wisconsin this week. Uh, the tournament's actually out of Oconto, which is just north of Green Bay on the north shore mm-hmm. of Green Bay. Or, I'm sorry, that would be the west shore of Green Bay. I always think it's north for some reason. But um, so I went up this weekend pre-fishing for him and... Uh, we got into some fish, man. Some fish. Now, you did Saturday and Sunday, right? Yeah, I drove up Friday night, Saturday morning. I got up there Saturday morning at like 3 a.m., took a nap. Uh, we got on the water about 8 o'clock. Um, just because I was so dead tired, I kind of took my time getting up. <laughs> but uh, we got out Saturday morning, and uh, we started pulling... Uh, crawler harnesses so if you don't know what a crawler harness is or the setup um you basically use a line count and reel uh trolling rod which we were actually using ugly sticks which is a conversation we'll get into in a second and um, you have a fluorocarbon uh leader which has um kind of like a blade you would see on a spinner bait for your typical bass fishing and a couple colored beads, and then you got two snell hooks tied to that, and you put a night crawler on there, and you're trolling, you know, we've trolled as slow as 0.8 miles an hour all the way up to 1.4 when you're pulling, mm-hmm. we call it pulling meat, but pulling crawler harnesses, uh, you know, we generally stay like between 1.1 and 1.3, um, so we're trying to cover as much water as possible at different spots. Basically, you know, when you're in a tournament scenario like that and you're pre-fishing, we call it eliminating water. So you'll troll these huge stretches, and a lot of times, you know, you're not getting any fish for two, three hours. But then you'll hit a pod of schooled-up fish, and you're reeling nonstop. But, (coughs) excuse me, the nice thing about Green Bay is it's such a plentiful fishery. Um, I know guys that musky fish up there. Smallmouth fishing is fabulous. Um, but when you're pulling these crawler harnesses, you're catching walleyes, which is a targeted species, but you're also catching freshwater drum, a.k.a. rubber lips, mm-hmm. uh, catfish, caught perch. You know, occasionally you'll run into a, a rock bass or a striped bass. Um you know, northern pike once in a now, while. Now, you guys weren't in a kayak, obviously. You're trolling with a big yeah, boat, but did yeah. you see any kayaks? Um, so, actually, I just got off the phone with Scott, and he said there was a guy in a pedal drive kayak fishing the mouth of the harbor there uh, um, in Oconto. And, uh, you know, the guy was kind of using a paddle to steer himself around because there's a, man, every morning we went out, I, there's this rocky uh, break wall. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that's holding some smallies. (laughs) And I'm like, I wish I would have brought my kayak. I brought some gear to bass fish, but I ended up not just because I was just so drained from being out in the sun all day and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, there were, I saw, or Scotty saw that guy today. Um, I saw some people 
at the campground we were staying at that yeah. had kayaks mm-hmm. because the O'Connell River, River actually drains, or I'm sorry, drops out in the Green Bay there at the launch. But uh, the campground we were staying at, the river runs through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw a bunch of people kayaking right. out there, you know, like your typical sun dolphin, pelican sure. kayaks. And actually the campground had kayaks for rent. And I, man, the one night, uh, Saturday night, I was tempted. I was tempted mm-hmm. to rent one and just go out and fish. But I was just so drained because I didn't get up there till so late. So, but, uh, yeah, we got in a slew of walleyes. Um, the big one that I got was 26 inches. Um, I caught probably six catfish over 15 pounds. I mean, just huge. I sent you a picture yeah, of the one, and it's just a tank, which uh, we'll throw those up on Instagram. And um, we'll cut a drum that was probably 25 inches <laughs> long. I mean, those things are like... It's imagine reeling in a dinner plate that weighs fifteen pounds, you know. So when you're trolling <clears throat> using these uh, these meat harnesses, are you, what's keeping them down, or are you just letting them go free? Or like, so in front of in front of that, um, you know, fluorocarbon line, which is generally two foot long. Yeah. Um, you use what is called an inline weight. Mm-hmm. So we're using one ounce weights. Some guys will use snap weights where it's one ounce and it just clips on mm-hmm. the line. If you use an inline weight, it works a little better because you're not having to get up and unclip that um, snap weight and that which can cause jerk in the line and sure. get your fish to shake off. Um, so we use run on, uh, one ounce inline weights, and it depends too on what types of depths you're trying to get into. Um, generally, we were trolling anywhere between 28 and 40 foot of water. Oh wow! Um, but our baits, you know, basically the amount of line that you let out, right? Your depth is half that amount of line. I see. I think is the way it works out. I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm I'm almost positive. I forget, I know how to rig it up. Yeah. I don't know the math behind it. I leave that to Scott. <laughs> you know, because typically um, on Green Bay, you're allowed three rods and angler. So I got three rods I'm taking care of on my side and three rods on the other side that right. Scott's taking sure. care of. So you want to cover the water, water column because, you know, as time progresses in the day, those fish are moving up and down the water column, especially on you know, bluebird sky days, which we had yesterday, mm-hmm. um, but the day before we had, you know, two to three foot chop. Right. So it all depends. But um, so I think our our hot numbers were, uh, was like 40 and 45 foot back. So you're basically fishing around 20 foot depth. Yep. So those fish are suspended swimming around chasing big balls of bait fish yep. pretty much. Um and in return, you know, a lot of people think, oh, catfish are bottom feeders. They're actually a predator fish. Yeah, yeah. And those catfish, huge catfish, right. were up in that water column. Yeah. So it's kind of cool, um, you know, catching those different species of fish um, in a different way. So, you know, Scott runs all ugly sticks. And me and you had a conversation last week or the week before. I don't know. It's been an ongoing conversation right. slash kind of debate mm-hmm. so to speak you were fishing an ugly stick on a bait caster right yeah and um you know these trolling rods are 
essentially bait caster reels, right. you know, with line counters on them. And um, I was talking to Scott because you were throwing, was it the chatterbait? Chatterbait, Buzz, yeah. Chatterbait. And you missed like seven fish. And you were like, I think, out of eight. Yeah, seven <laughs> out of eight. Yeah. And you were like, I think it's my rod. It's just like too whippy and not stiff enough. I couldn't set the hook. It was just pulling out. And I agreed with you 100%, right. you know, because I had a similar issue. Um, it wasn't with an ugly stick, but on that buzz bait, when I stiffened up my drag in the backbone of rods right. and I changed that rod over, man, my hook set percentage went up tenfold. Well, we went out with Jay last week, and uh, I was using that new Mach 2 that Lou's. Yeah. And uh, that's a medium heavy. And you and stuck them. I, I, I seriously, I think I lost one fish. Yeah, I mean, I, we, what we had a, I think Saturday night alone we probably had a twenty fish night. Yeah, you know at, I mean? least, at, at least, at least we both got into some fish. So, you know, it was a slow point in the day, and I said to, to my buddy Scott, I said, you know, do you think you lose fish because these rods are so Too whippy? whippy? Yeah, and he goes, no, actually, because they're it so helps. whippy, it yeah. helps when you're trolling. So when you're trolling. Um, for those that you know haven't done it or haven't experienced it you know you're not setting the hook when that fish bites the boat is in motion so because the boat and the rod is in motion so to speak the hook is setting itself right so you don't want to pick up a rod and jerk it because you're going to rip the hooks right out of a fish's mouth so he said you know typically you know when we were talking about it you know say it's a walleye comes up grabs that bait and he only gets the back hook out of the two which is typical it'll flex it'll flex because sometimes these walleyes are so picky they'll just nip at the tail right there's been many times where you'll see a hit you know because typically you're running yellow birds right uh, which are planar boards um, for those Mm -hmm. that don't know so that way you can separate lines out and run x amount of rods Um, you'll see that flag go down and then you reel it in there's no fish yeah and it, you'll come back and the tail end of your crawler is bit off. Right. So, you know, in sense, what Scott was explaining to me is that fish grabs on. And because there's a little bit of flex, it'll allow the fish to kind of chomp further up on that without pulling the hook out right. um, on a stiffer rod. Sure. And I actually, Saturday afternoon, um, Scott actually drove home for a wedding and then drove back up that night after the wedding and I jumped in a, another friend of ours' boat, and they were running stiffer rods. And three rods on the one side were mono, three rods on the other side were braid. Yeah. Which one do you think caught more fish? Mono. Wrong. Really? The braid. Because okay. the braid, same sense. That braid kind of stretches a little bit more. Okay. Or I'm sorry, I take that back. The braid doesn't, doesn't stretch right. as much as the mono. So those fish were getting on, whereas that stretch in the mono, yeah, it was kind of pulling it out of the fish's mouth with the stiffer rods. I see. We weren't fishing ugly sticks. I forget, I think they were Fenwick rods or something gotcha. like that. They were something a lot stiffer hmm. than what those ugly sticks were. So that that slack in the line actually was getting those fish off with the stiffer backbone. Interesting. So my side of the boat actually caught the most fish, hmm. which we have a rule. And I think we should carry on this rule for when we kayak fish. The guy that catches the most fish has to buy the other guy an ice cream cone after the outing. 
Is that what you guys do? That's what we do. Yesterday, so, so you I, got an ice cream cone. Yesterday, I had a vanilla cone dipped in chocolate. It was <laughs> the most epic thing ever. I'm telling you what, man. I don't know what it is. I guess it's because it's you know cheese country up there in Wisconsin. But that ice cream. We could switch it over, but I kind of like the guy with the most bass by his breakfast. Hey, <laughs> I'm good either way. I guess it depends. Is it a morning outing or an evening Yeah, it's true. That's know? true. Yesterday we finished up, I think it was like 4.30, 5 o'clock. So okay. Little nice. little dessert before dinner, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it was definitely worth it. So. Well, sounds like you guys really got into it, <clears> for sure. Yeah, and uh, so I know we've been, you know, hinting that we're starting a YouTube channel. So I actually... Uh, I filmed all day yesterday. Saturday I fished mostly. Yesterday um, we were running GoPros, and I have another camera. um, It's all in 4K. Wow. So we'll have have some nice quality video. Um, There's definitely some blooper clips in there that I'll probably throw in at the end after I get (laughs) done sorting through hours of footage. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a good time. And uh, it's like Bill Dance bloopers. You ever watch those? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, since I was a kid. I had heard someone did an interview with one of the producers or a cameraman on the show. Okay. And he said they all were real, meaning they happened. Oh yeah, yeah. But they recreated them for film. <laughs> Interesting. So that kind of took away some of the stigma for me. Well, I guarantee you, these weren't recreated. <laughs> I mean, we didn't fall in the water. That's good. No, I didn't. I jumped in the water yesterday. Did you really? I actually did. So uh, it was bluebird skies, sun's beating down, and like it heated up in the afternoon. And uh, Scott's like, oh, I'm going to put my feet in the water. So he goes in the back of the boat by the ladder and sticks his feet in. He's like, oh, this is great. That just cooled my body temperature 20 degrees. I'm like, I'm ready to jump in the water. He's like... Yeah, I don't want to pull the lines in. So I was like, yeah, watch this. I took my sandals off, my shirt, my hat, my glasses, all that <laughs> stuff. And I jumped in the water holding on a ladder, crawled back in. I felt like a million bucks, man. <laughs> did it you get was, on the GoPro? I don't know if I did or not. <laughs> no, probably not. I because I, t- I had took the, it off. the chest one on and I took it off. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so it'll be kind of cool uh you know scotty's gonna check in with us on the next Next episode talk about his tournament results and whatnot i know he found some big fish today so when's he getting a kayak dude you know i call him the bionic man he's got an artificial knee and an artificial shoulder so that might not work out the best he might paddle faster than we do and he's kind of (laughs) lazy he knows he's lazy you know, he likes that. He needs a torpedo. Yeah, he likes that <laughs> big 300-horse Merc on the back. Didn't he it. have a torpedo or something else? Didn't you say? Uh, oh, yeah. He had uh, Minn Kota makes it, and it, it mounts to the uh, the plate on the lower unit. Yeah. Um, and we used to use it for dialing and trolling. Oh. Um, Give you a little boost? Or, yeah. yeah. Well, to, to control speed, because like I said... You know, when you're trolling, especially meat, you're trying to dial in the exact speeds, like 0.9 to 1.3. Right. Um, whereas now, with the new, um, you know, I'm sure everybody's seen the commercial where you hit a remote and your trolling motor goes up and goes down. The guy goes and parks his truck and trailer and he comes back and uses a little remote. Pulls it right his, back. His boat comes up to him. He's got one of those fancy sure. things. So, you know, he's got a little thing around his neck with the remote control um, so he can control it and focus, you know, on the back of the boat while you're fishing Mm -hmm. and adjust speeds and stuff like that. So, um, 
you know, he doesn't have the little uh, rear-mounted um, plate motor anymore. Sure. But, you know, now he's got that other one. Okay. So, um, it definitely helps, especially when you're trying to control a boat, windy conditions, things like that. Yep. You know, because... You know, sometimes, like, especially when you're pulling cranks, you're pulling those at a much faster speed. So, you know, that's why on walleye boats, you see the little 10-horse kicker motor back right, there. Right, right. You're usually running that, but if you want to dial in, you can put your trolling motor in and run that in reverse to gotcha. slow you down. Gotcha. Or forward to speed you up. Right. You know, yep. I mean, you can only get so accurate um, as far as speed goes with those little kicker motors. So you can fine-tune your speed with a yeah, trolling motor. Got it. Scott's probably going to kill me for giving away all the <laughs> secrets, but no, uh, a lot of guys know that. So, but uh, yeah, so look forward to. Uh, I'm sure we'll launch uh, a little snippet on uh, Instagram. Yeah, of for sure. the YouTube when mm-hmm. it goes up. So yeah, and I got another video that I still have to edit from my demo days. Yep, and uh, I'm going to throw a walkthrough on my Bonafide. Well, I got a, I got a Ram mount too with with a GoPro ready to go yeah. to the kayak. So we'll, we'll yeah, we've been to, yeah we've been talking about that. So we got it going. I'm actually kind of excited about these GoPros. Yeah, so, should be yeah, fun. I got some uh, pretty cool ideas, so yep. we'll see how that goes. Maybe we'll be the next Guggen Squad or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> don't know. So uh, enough about my fishing trip. How about yours? You just recently. Uh, Went on a guided trip. Yep, we did um, on Delavan up in southern Wisconsin, um, and uh, we went with a guide by the name of Doug Eide. Okay, he's well known up there. He does Geneva, he does uh, Delavan and Beulah. Um, what was really fascinating about this trip was, you know me with the Ned rig and with drop shot. It's a very uncomfortable technique for me to use because I kind of don't know what I'm doing and whatever. Long story short, um, this whole trip was about drop shotting. And That's cool. drop shotting like deep drop offs, like from nine to 25 feet. And uh, Doug was perfect, took us out. Uh, the bite wasn't great, not his fault. <clears throat> but um, uh, what was interesting about the, the drop shot and where to set up was, um, and there's no secret, all the guys do this. They put the boat in, you know, like say we're fishing 25, 30 foot of water. Um, and then we cast. It was such a sharp drop off. Yep. We'd, we'd cast, and our cast would be a nine foot. Sure. And then you'd literally let it, the, the patience, let it slide all yeah. the way down, you know. And um, one of the things I learned just about getting hits and stuff like that was, uh, I have a tendency to reel in kind of quick, mm-hmm. even with plastics and things like that. So, sure. Um, if you're not feeling the weeds, you're not on the bottom. Yeah. Right. Right. And so that that became pretty pretty unique pretty quick uh for me to get and then secondly too um the strikes that i did get were ones that were i was pulling through weeds and i could feel it and all of a sudden bang you'd get a smack you know so it was so it it taught me patience it taught me how to properly do it but uh parking the boat in the deep water and casting up to the shallow and just dragging it down i thought was brilliant so Everyone else probably knows that, but you know me, I'm not a big drop shot guy. You know, I'm not either. I mean, I'm more of a power fisherman. I am too. You know, that finesse stuff, I've been, you know, like we've talked about, that's one of the things that I think we both have been working on this year, Mm -hmm. um, just to kind of, you know, further our toolbox of fishing techniques. And, you know, I've, I mean, I'm guilty of not really doing it as much as I should. I've been so focused on this buzz bite bait, mm-hmm. but uh, or buzz bait bite 
There we go. I know you, man. Um, I knew you knew. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I've drop shot it a little bit because in the lake that I live on, there's an old gravel roadbed that goes through there. And I was dragging the one day. I think we were out fishing together. And um, it's a different kind of bite, you know, especially, like you said, you're super used to, you know, reeling real quick and things like that, whereas, like, you almost have to cast that thing out, let it sit, and just kind of twitch it, right? I mean... Well, yeah, so one of the things that was cool was as you started, as I would reel, I would reel really slow. Okay. And then I'd just knock the tip, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just enough. And what I kept envisioning was the weights on the bottom, I'm putting... You know the line tight sure and that's what's causing that worm to float high right, right. from a drop shot perspective and um my brother-in-law by far caught the most fish i mean he hammered them sure um we were using these they're called bombers okay I believe it was bombers uh doug will probably kill me if i'm butchering the name but uh they're in a pink bag and they're a finesse worm really really thin uh, but they're soaked in garlic so yeah. he, he gives me the bag, and I pull one out, and he's like, don't touch your eyes, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be good. And I was like, wow, you know, this, this thing reeks of garlic, you know. But they sure. worked. They yeah. totally oh, worked. Yeah, yeah. And he, we even had the conversation. I'm like, do you think the scent really works, or do you think it's more Fisherman placebo, or what is it? You sure. Know? And he's like, he's like, whether it does or it doesn't, that's when I seem to get them, so I'm just going to keep with it, yeah. you know, which sure. totally makes sure. sense. Yeah, I forget where I, I – I heard an argument back and forth um, – it was like uh, they were using some kind of like aerosol spray mm-hmm. that I think was garlic scented right, sure. or something like that or crawfish scented and, you know, does it really work and this and that. And I remember back in the day I used to use some kind of spray like that. My old man had turned me on to sure. it. And, I, you know, there was times where I didn't have that on, and I was casting, and then I'd spray it on, and I'd start getting bites. Right. You know, so, uh, I, I mean, you know, I hate to be one of those guys, but I think it does help. It probably does. You know, um, especially when you're using, you know, like Uncle Josh's pork trailers. Right. Man, those things will change your world, yeah. you know, when you're throwing jig in a pig sure. compared to just a jig. Just a jig. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, those things stink. Yeah. You know, I'm scrubbing my hands for three days after I right, pull one of those right, out of a right. container. It's like you went fishing with uh, catfish bait or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Like I was, you Chicken know, livers. In Italy, cooking up some kind of garlicly, garlic, you know. <laughs> Lasagna. Yeah. Oh, man, <laughs> man. I had a friend growing up in high school. Walk in his house, it just, your eyes burned from the garlic. He was <laughs> right. Italian, you know. Sure. But, uh. So, so we were using the, the, the drop shot for quite a while. Uh, my brother-in-law got a 17 plus inch bass, which was nice. nice. Yeah. Bunch of smaller ones, uh, a gill or two. And these gill, man, were, were really good size. Um, but it was a real slow bite. Sure. And, um. What was the conditions out? Was it super sunny, clear skies? Or? It was It was sunny. Um, it was misty in the morning when we first got in the water. It was like 5, 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. And then when the, when the sun came out, it was out. But there was a chop. Okay, okay. And um, we fished the, the western shore there. I mean, the whole lake is kind of similar. Sure, Whether you're on the sure. eastern or the west, yeah, it's yeah. got that quick drop off. And mm-hmm. uh, Anyway, long story short, um, we shot back in and got some crawlers. Because okay. then, we, then we took the drop shot rigs and rigged them with crawlers. Okay. Uh, hoping to get some bluegills, too. And we did. We got some deep water gills. I mean, they were pale as could be. So, That's you know, cool. they never saw sun. Yeah, they just hung right. on the bottom. And, um, but they were big. I mean, they were nice size. 
um, didn't slay him, but caught enough to keep it interesting. But the the highlight of the day was uh, my son. This was kind of his first. He's ten years old. This is his first fishing trip, and he wound up. Uh, uh, he, on the way there, he's like, Dad, I really want to get a northern today. And uh, so we, we told Doug when we started, and he was all about, you know, my son and stuff. And he put out two, uh, uh, you know, sucker sucker minnows. And sure. so he, we had rods sitting there ready for the northern, and they weren't popping. Well, we were in the middle of the lake after we came back out with the crawlers, and uh, all of a sudden one of them went off, and my son wound up getting a 30-incher. That's awesome. So it was, he was, he was like ear-to-ear awesome. ear smiles and... He was super stoked. Yeah, when I talked to him earlier today, uh, he was, yeah. He's still smiling me. about it. He's <laughs> like, hey, check this out. Then he pulls out, uh, I don't know if it was an iPhone or right. an iPod or whatever, and he's like, show me the picture of the sucker all chewed up. All right, yeah, right. He's like, check this out, you know. <laughs> so that's super cool. I mean, I, I did the same thing with my son when he was roughly his age. Um, took him on Lake Geneva in the fall. And uh, out there, you use a circle hook with a split shot, yeah. you know, maybe a foot above it, and, you know, hook a sucker through the lips, yeah, throw yeah. it out there. And that's when he was catching those smallies. Oh, sure. Oh, man. You want to see a kid's eyes light up from a smallie coming four foot out of the water, oh, yeah. tail dancing. Yeah. Oh, man. He was giggling, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> freaking out, you yeah. know. But that's awesome, man. I'm glad he uh, he got the fish he was going after. Because, well, I mean, <clears throat> that right there will hook a kid for life. Hopefully. and That's the goal. I asked him today. I didn't tell you this yet, but I was like, so, you coming out fishing by my house or what? Because, you know, there's a bunch of northerns. He goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said, I better see you out there. He, he will said, be. I'll be yep. out there. So, that's awesome, man. I'm I'm so glad he got that fish. I mean, so, that's so key. Another another story we had from the day was as we were coming in to get the, uh, we came in and got the crawlers. And then we started, you know, went back out. Well, they have a no wake zone by the sure. launch, but it's all like lily pads and great frog water, Ooh. you know. <clears throat> and we're we're literally just you know kind of trolling out there just to get to the main lake and back to the main spots. And there's a guy in a kayak. He's in like a blue sun dolphin. Sure. And he's got two rods out the back, and he's just paddling. He's trolling. Oh, that's paddling. cool. Yeah. And just as we're rounding the bend, he lands a northern trolling in the yeah, kayak. All of a sudden, awesome. he swings around, grabs the rods, and this thing comes out of the, you know. That's awesome. It was pretty cool. So just seeing that, I'm like, I can't wait to get out there and do some kayak fishing. You know, I had a conversation with Scotty uh, up on Green Bay. He's like, you think you can get out here in a kayak? I said, and this was on Saturday when there was like two to three foot chop. I said, not today. No, right. I said, it was flat calm. So then Sunday <laughs> when it was pretty calm, yeah. I mean, there was a little ripple on the sure. water. I said, day like today, I can make it out here. I don't know if I'd be able to paddle four miles back in, right, but I'd right, make it out of here, right. you know. So sure. it was interesting, you know. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, how kayak fishing is just just blowing up. You yeah, know? really. And I was talking to uh, another guy, uh, our friend Randy and Leroy that are up there as well. Uh, Leroy's from Indiana. Randy lives up by uh, Winnebago, Lake mm-hmm. Winnebago. And uh, he's like, man, he's like, he fishes Winnebago a lot because it's 20 minutes from his house sure. or something. He's like, I see these kayaks all over the place. What the heck is going on with yeah. you guys? And I said, hey, man, it's blown up. Yeah. I said, not everybody can afford a $90,000 no, right. Ranger boat right. like you. <laughs> right. But uh, I said, you know what? It's not even about not being able to get that bigger boat. For some people it is. I said, for me, it's a challenge, you know. I'm like, 
you ever land a 30-inch northern out of a little kayak before? He goes, how the heck do you do that? And I said, well, I did it. Here's the pictures, you know. I said, it's just a gas. It's a challenge. It's something different, you know. Yeah. I mean, like I talked about before, I keep downscaling my boats. I mean, the way I'm ending up, I'm going to end up in a float tube next, you know. But, uh, I, you know, it's crazy. And it was funny on my drive up there and my drive back down and i don't know if you've noticed this since we've gotten into this whole kayak fishing thing i see kayaks everywhere now. right like it's crazy yeah man. i mean i drive up and down the interstate all the time getting to and from work and i must pass at least 10 cars with kayaks right. on top of them now right so it's good yeah, yeah. it is it's blown up for yeah sure. definitely um yeah so i mean that was the trip up to delavan i mean it was uh, we had a lot of different looks like i said we Saw some kayak dudes. We fished mostly drop shot, but uh, caught a lot of different fish. It was fun. It's cool to get a perspective of that drop shotting from somebody that does it on well, a consistent right. basis. Oh. That's another thing, too, I forgot to mention was, uh, and he's he's been on a few fishing shows, and he's talked about this technique he uses for drop shot, but instead of using drop shot weights, you know yeah, those triangular? Right. Yep, yep. He, um, he doesn't like those because if they get caught between rocks and you pull on it, it can it can literally snap above where you have everything rigged. Oh, sure. And he snells the hooks. Right. So I think I was telling you earlier that um, one of the things he does is he uses those uh, those like crimp weights. Yeah, for like split, shot. split shot. Typical split shot. And he'll literally crimp those because he's like, you know what? If they get caught, they'll pull right off. That's genius. And then man. you don't have to re- re-rig yeah. everything, yeah. you know? So it was that was kind of neat to see, too. I thought you needed the drop shot weights, but apparently... There's some alternative uh, views on that. I know about re-rigging. We re-rigged every rod on the boat yesterday. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, an acquaintance of Scott's, and I've fished with the guy before, too, is he's, he's sponsored by Cabela's. He lives up in northern Wisconsin, and uh, Kevin McCoy's his name. He owns McCoy's Inn on Mille Lacs. And uh, so typically we're using two kind of circle type hooks on those uh, crawler harnesses Mm -hmm. and when I got in the boat the other day Scotty had treble hooks on the back and I'm like what's this and he's like oh you know Kevin Kevin uses it on you know a lot of the Great Lakes Mm -hmm. when we're trolling meat and I said well okay he said I gotta give it a shot you know see if it makes a difference we lost fish because of that treble hook Really? So we ended up re-rigging, and not only that, but all these catfish we were catching, they were just swallowing that hook. Yeah, yeah. And if you've ever tried to get a little circle hook out oh, of catfish, forget mouth, about it. It's a pain, and they would actually break hooks, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So we had to re-rig like pretty much every harness, yeah, yeah. you know, six rods. Plus we were tying up other ones, right? You know, because we make our own harnesses. You can buy them pre-made, sure. But what's the point? If you they know. don't have; they're not made of fluorocarbon. Right. They're made of mono. Yeah. You know how much of a difference that makes? A little bit, I think, because the fluorocarbon doesn't stretch as much as the mono. It's also um, more abrasion resistant, yeah. I think. Too. And he was using Scotty was using P line fifteen pound. Was he really? Yeah. So, and that's just the stuff that I just uh, respooled my one bait caster up with. Because I'm using Vanish, and I'm not happy with it. Really. Yeah. yeah, so far so good with my <clears throat> pee line. So well, I, I think I sent you the pick. I, I there was one evening there where I'm like, I just want to go fishing. I don't want to drag the kayak out. Right. I wound up going to the river. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jay, fish. Well, Jay talked about using that ultralight with the. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, with the, yeah. with the rooster tail. Sure. And I was throwing my big stuff, and I wasn't getting nothing. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to see what I can drag up. And uh, I caught two striper, and I had two that were that got off. 
they were small, but they were a blast on an ultralight. Yeah. But yeah, that yeah. that fluorocarbon, man, that it's 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 got too much memory for me. And maybe I just got too thick of a. Maybe I should have went four or six pound, you know. Yeah. Yes and no. And it depends on the rod too, the rod and reel combo, right. you know. Um, or if you got it overloaded with line, because that's what I did, and I think you made the same mistake. I did, too. and now it so. works, but it feels like it's a struggle to cast. It's not smooth, gotcha. so I think I might have ripped off a little too much. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But here's what's interesting. So the other thing I forgot to mention was we were using on the on the Delvin trip. We were using medium rods. Okay. But he had six pound floral Floor on, there. on it. Yeah. And his his reasoning was the four pound is is too light, breaks too easy. Sure. And the eight pounds too too heavy, too, too heavy, thick. too memory yeah. wise. So uh, we were using six pounds. We were catching bass and stuff on this six pound test. It was kind of fun. Sure. And you know, I think it's one of those things that you know, person to person, it's uh, a fisherman, the yeah. fisherwoman, whatever. Sure. It, it's going to be more of a personal preference. Um, you know, I think on my spinning rod right now that I'm using for drop shot, and I got eight pound uh, braid on there. Got it. Eight pound braid. So far, so good. Um, but you could also run a fluorocarbon leader on there. Yeah. You know. So, sure. Uh, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? So it all depends on you know what you're feeling and how you like sure. it. So, I mean, like for instance. Uh, when I was fishing in Leroy's boat the other day with Randy, uh, the mono side was Leroy's rods, and the braid side were actually Randy's rods. Okay. But they were the same rod reel combos. Yeah. Just different lines. Right. Randy bought me an ice cream cone. Right. That, uh, <laughs> you know, going back to that. So, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely cool. So, but, um, yeah. So I'm glad you you got into some fish up there on Delvin. Well, I I've only th- ice fished it before, and um, I know some guys that fish up there quite religiously. And uh, you know, I guess the walleye bite at night is supposed to be pretty spectacular. Is that, so, well, the other thing too is when we got out there, like in the deepest part of the lake, there literally was um, I don't know, I want to say probably like ten or fifteen boats. And they're all in this one spot, which is like the deepest part of Dullivan, what it looked like to me. And uh, they're all going for panfish, man. That's yeah. all. The, I mean, and the one the one guy sent us a picture. He was a friend of Doug's. And um, his his whole, like, cooler was filled with, with gill. Sure, sure. And, and, I mean, panfishing's the thing up there for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, but yeah. they got a real healthy bass population. There's smallies. There's, uh, in fact, we call it one smallie. The rest were all largies. Um, but the northern population's big. I don't know if there's musky in Delavan or not. There is. There is. There is. I've seen. But it's some... not. They're probably present. They're probably not uh, abundant. Uh, I know a lot of guys that fish for them. Is up that there. right? Yeah. Okay. They'll they'll fish Delavan. Um, they're decent, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, Geneva has a much better musky, I think. Uh, from I what I was reading on Lake Link. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much I trust that site. That's a, <laughs> that's a whole other topic. I got on that site back in like oh five, oh six, or something, right after it opened. And yeah, that's a whole other story. Yeah. But a uh, bunch of drama queens. But um, yeah, I I've caught panfish on Geneva, which you know the two lakes are so close together, mm-hmm. and I mean both of those lakes produce huge gills. And there's a guide. Um, I forget his name. 
He owns the bait shop on Lynn Road. If you're ever up in that area and you want to take out the best guide on Lake Geneva, yeah. I believe his name is John, but he owns the bait shop there in Lake Geneva oh, okay. on Lynn Road. You want to talk about some slab crappies? Big like, stuff. Yeah. Unbelievable. Right. And they actually troll cranks for them. Really? And they'll get them suspended over like 60 foot of water. And I'm talking crappies that, on average, 12 like inch? 12 inches small. Wow. Yeah, like slabs. What a blast. Oh, man. We took them out once um, for uh walleye trip, yeah. night, night-guided walleye yeah. trip. And actually, one of his guys took us out because me and uh, my buddy Scott, we had gone out previously this was before he got his ranger boat we used to actually use his son's 15 foot sylvan like yeah mine sure and we go out trolling and uh so we kind of took him out for a little investigative you know sure. search and we i think we caught three or four walleyes okay and walleyes you got to know what you're doing on geneva and where to look and things like that but uh yeah i got one of my best walleye ever on Geneva, I think, was it's like 29 and a quarter inches, oh, wow. and it was like 7 pounds, yeah. 14 ounces or something. I got pictures of it, and um, that was back in like 08 sure. or something, sure. you know? Yep. Um, but, you know, both Geneva and Dullivan, they hold some huge yeah, fish. Yeah, yeah. They're glacier lakes, so that's why they're so deep. Sure. They were cut up. I mean, Geneva's much deeper than Dullivan. It's what's like three the, times the size, too. Yeah, what's the deepest point? 55. Is, is it 55? Yeah. The deepest spot in Geneva is 137, yeah. I think. Well, Geneva's also like 5,100 acres, whereas like Dullivan's 1,900. It's like 5,100 5, or 51,000. No, 5,100. 5,100. Yeah. I know it's like number four, number five for the biggest lake in Wisconsin. Yeah, it's like three times the size of Delavan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. it's huge. It's huge. Yeah, but yeah. I know Delavan, you're kind of scoping things <clears throat> out for, oh, yeah. for other reasons. Yes, sir. So yeah, To have yeah. a kayak uh, uh, home base, if you will. Sure. <laughs> I like the sounds of that. I like the sounds of that. It's a killer lake. Like I said, I've ice fished it before, and... There, uh, I think it's on the one south end or something where um, it's kind of like a shallow flat, yeah. real weedy, right? And a lot of guys will ice fish down in that bay. And I remember we were in like 10, 12 foot of water. I remember looking down the hole and there's like a 36 inch northern just cruising under my right, feet. Right, You could shake whatever he wanted in front of his face. He wasn't biting. Right. You know. But well, I, t- I tell you what, on... Um on our Instagram page, you know, there's all kinds of goofy photos and videos that come by. Sure. There was one that made me think of this was, uh, it's a frozen lake. Uh-huh. It's obviously a very clear lake. I don't know what it was. Sure. And this guy's dragging a frog on the ice, top of the ice. No way. And you and see... fish is chasing it? <clears throat> a northern comes up and, and, and flashes right underneath the ice like he was going to hit it. No. I'm totally serious. It was one of the coolest videos I've ever That's seen. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. And, and it's clear enough where you can actually see them. I'm going to try that. Just, like, cut a hole in the ice and then drag a frog <laughs> over and see if a northern jumps out. Well, it wasn't like, a, you know, a hole. It was, like, it was literally, like, frozen solid, you know? And then this thing just came up, and it, it knew it was under the ice or whatever. And it's kind of just you saw the flash, and you could tell it was a northern. That's super cool. It was super cool. That's super cool. Well, I think we're on to our uh, final segment tonight. Oh, Campfire Tales. Campfire Tales. I like it. And guess what? 
guess who's on the on the hot seat for the campfire tales uh, once guess, again i guess that would be me <laughs> so we i've been meaning to share this story and for a few weeks now. yeah this yeah. happened like a month ago i think yeah it was right after you got after uh, you started fishing pretty heavily with the kayak right uh it was after that yeah um it was before the bona fide oh were you uh, in your uh, ascend i would no i was actually in my pelican oh okay. when this happened so oh that's right i'm fishing my home lake and i'm down on the south shore fishing the dam and the wind i forget oh it was blowing like kind of north out of the northeast so mm-hmm. it was pushing me down along that edge of the dam and i was fishing it which is really rocky and i like to fish down there quite a bit it holds some big fish and uh you know i'm casting and i noticed this guy in a kayak comes around the corner um or around this point and he starts fishing the the rocky dam as well and uh, i'm just getting ready to pack up and head back into this bay that you know i was throwing buzz baits and top water in um just because it was getting later in the evening and it was like the last hour of light i wanted to go in and you know cast top water so i'm kind of packing up and i'm watching this guy fish and there's a spillway there which is just like this huge cement column that comes up out of the lake and it drains all the excess water down underneath the dam into a creek and into another lake uh, close to my neighborhood. And this guy was right by the spillway, and, you know, I'm hooking my lure onto the, I think I was throwing a chatterbait, hooking the chatterbait up onto my uh, eyelid on my rod, getting ready to put it back there, and I hear this guy go, Hey, buddy, I think I'm going to need your help. I said, Well, I'll be there in one second. I'm getting ready to head that way. Hold on one sec. So I quick throw my rod and I didn't know what was going on with this guy at the time and I'm starting to paddle up to him and as I'm getting closer I see his rods doubled over and then he's like heading towards me (laughs) so this guy's getting pulled around and I getting closer and I'm like what do you got on there and he's like I don't know but I've never caught a fish like this out here and uh, he's like I called you over because I could see your net sticking out of the back of your kayak because I always throw my net and the rod holder behind me in the when i'm in the pelican and uh i said well i got you you know i'll follow you around we'll net this this puppy you know mm-hmm. so i mean literally this went on for i would say at least a good 10 minutes mm-hmm. it seemed longer but i mean this thing is pulling them down the bank back up towards the spillway back down and meanwhile i'm trying to paddle and like kind of stay out of his way but close sure. enough sure because every time he'd bring this fish up a foot or two it take five feet back right. down and right, just right. keep running and uh he was in um oh man why do i forget the name of this kayak um it was a sitting kayak okay um it's something he's had for a while but uh you know it's pulling him around i'm in my sit-in and i'm luckily it's my small one so i'm able to kind of keep maneuver up with yeah yeah maneuver so finally this fish he's like hey, it's getting close you know and it gets up towards the surface and i net this fish it ended up being a huge catfish <laughs> so i said uh he's like man he's like forgot my net he's like i forgot my scale too and i said tell you what i got one in my bag we'll get it out we'll weigh this thing you know and it was uh 11 what was it 11 7 or something 11 it was over 11 pounds huge cat and uh i said well you want me to take your picture with this you know he's like oh yeah 
He's like, if you could, I said, dude, I'll take your picture. Right. I'll text it to you. Right. You know, that way you got it. And I said, this is a big fish, you know, for our lake. I mean, I know of guys that have caught bigger catfish sure. or as big of catfish out there, but this guy wasn't fishing for catfish. What was he using, by he the way? He was throwing a little uh, square bill crankbait in a crayfish pattern. And, you know, usually he's hooking up with, uh, you know, northerns or bass. Yeah. So, uh, you know, snap a couple pictures. He's like, this is going to be great. He's like, I told the guys at work I was going home and I was going to go out slaying tonight, you know. And this guy, gentleman's, uh, you know, he's probably got 15, 20 years on me. Sure. He's much older. um, And uh, he's getting ready to retire soon, I guess. But, uh, you know, he's like, man, you helped me out. Thanks so much, you know. So, it was one of those situations where I was at the right place at the right time, you know, to help another kayak angler out, which I thought was a cool story Super to share. Super cool. And, you know, he's on, so, the, he's on the Instagram page, isn't he? Uh, I'm not sure. I sh- think that picture is out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did post a montage because right. after we took a picture of the catfish and we released it back in the water, he's like, hey, man, we need to get a selfie, bro. <laughs> I mean, this guy's like 50-some years old, and he's calling me bro, you know, and I'm like, all right, man, yeah, you know. So he's putting up the devil horn, rock and roll devil right, horns, and right. all that in the picture, in the selfie picture. But I did throw a montage on Instagram. If if you haven't seen it, you can scroll back in our feed, and uh, you can definitely find it. So it's That's a huge awesome. cat. Um, so now, actually, you know, after that night, um, he was like, "Hey, man, if you're ever coming out fishing, let me know. Let me know, yeah, and yeah. I'll meet up with you." So we've actually fished to it together a few times. His name's Matt, and. Uh, we fished together a few times, and uh, it was probably a week and a half after he had caught that one that I helped him net. He caught like four more catfish. No way on crank. On the same crank, <laughs> um, little different area. It was more in the flat, and he yeah. had one where it he had just casted mm-hmm. it, and the catfish had like sucked it off the surface. It like almost hit top water. Wow. He like just literally started crank, and that catfish yep. hit it. So I'm like, you know, I call him Catfish Matt sometimes, <laughs> you know. And then uh, he likes to give me a hard time because I, you know, bought a new Bonafide and I had the Ascend and right. I got my Pelican. So he's telling me I got the silver spoon up my rear <laughs> and, you know, I buy a new boat every two weeks. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, totally cool story. Totally good guy. Uh, it was nice to meet him on the water. Well, man, I think we're at the end of another pod. Yeah. Maybe you can tell folks how they can reach us and how yeah. they get old. So, absolutely. So, the one thing I want to stress is uh, we've been forgetting to mention it. So, if you download the Anchor Podcast app, um, just go to your app store and search Anchor or Anchor Podcast. Download that app. Um, you know, you can follow us on there or any other various uh podcast platforms uh, itunes google itunes play. google play stitcher um podcast or uh, you know there's a bunch of them there's like if you go to anchor it actually yeah. lists them all yeah. yeah so on anchor though if you have a question uh comment about an episode uh anything like that you can actually leave us a little voice message you can you record go. a message um it gets sent to us and then we can play it on a uh, upcoming episode and then answer your question yep. and reply to your comment uh anything like that that's a good point um so yeah definitely follow us 
we love five star ratings if you want to give us a one star <laughs> just kind of keep that to yourself um it helps grow the audience and you know helps bring in more guests and stuff i know For we sure. got a slew of people that we have lined up it's yep. just a matter of getting them scheduled and in um so you can also email us with any questions comments um at paddle the letter n finn at gmail.com and then definitely follow our instagram it's paddle the letter n and finn yep. um on instagram so we're constantly posting pictures of our fishing outings our boats uh when we record a podcast episode new products we use new products we use things like that so um definitely follow us on all those platforms and yeah we'd like to get some questions through the anchor podcast app so uh we'd ask really away. like to push that yep. yeah ask away you want to make fun of me feel free i've been called worse um but it, it would definitely be cool to get some feedback from For some sure. listeners and be able to incorporate that into some of our episodes so yeah uh next episode should be scott my buddy scott and talking about tournaments so can't wait man yeah this was a good right. one yeah absolutely all right until next time guys we'll see you later bye stories to back it a life to be proud of it's a winchester life yeah baby six eight western oh, i'll be over there baby right there tune in every tuesday at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv don't miss mondays with into the blue brought to you by academy sports and outdoors every monday night from 7 to 10 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment